Hey, good morning. It's Friday, October 25th. October 25th. It's a chilly 66 degrees out here in Arizona. 11% humidity, a little higher. 12.4 in the dew point. Wow. And I'm using AirPods, and today's podcast will be a switcherooski. I'm going to try a little bit of AirPod. And then I'm going to switch back to the traditional um, um, headset, earbuds, I guess they call it, earpods, earbuds. So I, I have a feeling that this sounds a little tinny, a little tinny for the uh, podcast. But maybe that's okay. I mean, it's it's more comfortable, I suppose, to wear AirPods and uh uh, but I think outside, for some reason, it was the noises, the, the cars that were driving by, it just sounded tinny to me, and I don't know. I don't really think there's any way to control that. And um, so, yeah, we'll do a few minutes with this AirPod, then I'll switch over, see if we get a better better sound. Because you, it's essentially the so what is dulcet tones. That's what you get here. You definitely... 100% of the time you come into this podcast, you are getting dulcet tones, okay? So right away, you are getting something, the hero, because it's all about you, baby. <laughs> and you can't, I'm just sticking my arms out and enjoying the sunshine. It's, it's the sun that's coming down. Over. There's not a cloud in the sky. Man. It's beautiful here in Arizona. Can I enjoy it? Sometimes I get so bummed, you know, so so overwhelmed with concern that uh, I don't enjoy it. I'm looking out at these, I think they're called Estrella Mountains. They're like not really mountains that people go visit and climb on and do things. It's just a visual. It's just it's there for our enjoyment. It's just a nice look. And uh, wind's blowing from behind me as we walk by. And uh, so what are really the essentials in this podcast? I, I uh, For whatever reason, I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, started conversing with, uh, well, let's see, I probably should give her a name. Namibia lady? <laughs> Namibia lady. I hope uh, that I referred to her and, and made positive comments. And there was no insulting comments towards uh, people. So, yeah, it's uh, the theme is kind of love everyone always, right? So, even I, but then I think, oh, I usually don't um, let people know about this podcast. You know, now I'm starting to do that a little bit. So here's um, to Namibia lady who... Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. We probably track in a similar, different way. You know, have uh, different experiences, which is kind of like that Vegas thing. What's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what happens in the church happens in every church. <laughs> which is the dudes, the dudes. If Jesus is the dude, and he's laughing in heaven, waiting for his haircut. He's got an appointment for haircut in an hour. <laughs> to keep beating the Jesus haircut thing because we don't think about it. I mean, we don't think about that he's alive. You know, there's two billion people on the planet. We all sort of say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And there's a big Gaussian distribution curve about what that all is. And there's so many of us that... Uh, we're at different parts on the curve of of uh, walking in the presence of God, so to speak, right? And I'm not being judgmental. It's a process, right? So I'm not saying, and I think that's one of the problems with, quote, unquote, the church, because we have all these denominations now, and uh, people feel like they want to hold on to their denomination, you know, like, oh, you got to be in our denomination, <laughs> And yet, the underlying message, which became clear to me when I suggested we leave our denomination, was like, oh, no, that's impossible, Mike. 
that's impossible. So, so we have this message that nothing is impossible with God. But the, the crazy irony of, oh no, yeah, there is something that's impossible with God. Leaving a church denomination. Now, is that the funniest thing ever? So they're somewhere on the distribution curve. Morning. And uh, they're somewhere on the distribution curve. So, yeah, what else? So um, Namibia lady is in Germany right now. And next week, I'm so jealous. She's starting 25 hours a week of German lessons. So five days a week, probably five hours. And, you know, she's probably a beginner. And I, I, I sense she's a bit nervous about it. Like, oh, no, you know, i got to learn everything so fast. And I was just encouraging her to, like, hey, just chill. Go at your own pace. Focus on foundational stuff, just the foundations. Because it'll take a long time to, like, master it. And there's some tricks. And they're not, I don't know if they're really tricks. It's sort of like a mindset shift that... Um, was hard. I had to. I had my own internal barrier because it's like you're learning a language, and some they're, they're you're not going to get it right. So I kind of describe it this way: that you know, hey, just start working on thinking. Uh, what is this thing? And and try to say a few things and get just get started. And it's also that ask method too. You don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going, and that's definitely true in learning a foreign language. So, you know, just, it's, uh, what is it, the limiting beliefs, too? There's a little bit of experience with limiting beliefs. It's like you, it's, you, it's, you're in your head, you're in a classroom, you're learning the basics, dare, de, order, das, you know, the different definitive articles. And you'll learn a lot about your own English grammar from this, too. So when you, on any foreign language, it's not just German, but any foreign language, it opens up your mind to, different ways of articulating things and words. And that's probably like one of my things, like I'm an outlier in that area. Now there's other people who are much, much more outlier than I am, whatever that is, however you say, more outlier. So I'm probably like a one or I'm like a two sigma maybe guy, maybe in the twos, but the three sigma guys are way out there. That could really... Like Eric Metaxas, he's probably really much more verbally capable than I am. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I think. I think. And is it the goal isn't perfection anyways. It's a combination of different strengths and capabilities, funness. So like he I guess here's I'll I'll differentiate myself from Eric Metaxas. Okay. So um, Eric you know, he came out with a book in 2017, which is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther, which is great, right? So, and it's probably a good book. I have the book, and uh, and I'll dig into it someday. But I kind of, I kind of wanted to get my book out in 2017, but it just didn't happen. I had more. I needed to marinate more on it because it was, and I've it's really changed because I was so focused on myself. And not any transformation of other people. And I'm still going through a transformation myself, of course. And I'm encouraged by Rob Bell that that's the way it is sometimes with the new ways, better ways of doing things. So I'm I'm in I'm on board with that, and I'm marinating. But 2017 came by, and I thought, oh, I got to get my book done. But it would have been pretty crappy, and it's still not quite there yet. It's getting closer. And uh, I'm not going to be perfectionist, and you know, I'm not, I'm not ruminating over words on paper right now. But um, so, but Eric talked about historically Martin Luther, and I'm like, I kind of feel like we need a new Martin Luther. So I'm more like, yeah, it's been 500 years. So I'm kind of. You know, indirectly, I, this is where I'm really humble about this, but, or am I? I don't know if I am. <laughs> Other people decide whether you're humble, not me. So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of a, I think I want to be a type of Martin Luther. Type. Eh, not 
because they, you know, we he's been built up into this massive dude. There's this huge museum we just visited this summer in Wittenberg, and you know, it's like a pilgrimage to go to see Wittenberg. Because there's that Reformation thing. He's kind of one of the, you know, main one of the main dudes. There's John Calvin, and people will probably argue about like, well, really not Martin Luther. Oh, it's sort of Martin Luther. Yeah, yeah, Martin Luther. You know, there was a guy a hundred years before Martin Luther in Prague named John Hus H U S, who's uh, a little bit like Luther as well. And I think Luther kind of recognized that too. Kind of. But see, communication back then wasn't very quick, right? So, you know, even though Wittenberg and um, Prague are a day's journey away, you know, today it's like probably a four or five hour drive. Maybe it's, maybe it's more than a couple days, a couple days back then. So there wasn't a lot of communication, interaction between people. But that John Hoos guy is an interesting cat too. And uh, so, where am I? Yeah, so differentiating myself with Eric is Eric did a great job describing, talking about Martin Luther. And I'm like, well, what? It's 2019 now, 2017, 2019, 2020. It's been 500 years. What's new? I mean, we don't think in those terms because a lot of the religious organizations want to control things right so they it's like you can't have new stuff you can't they can't and i'm like well, wait a minute don't we have a faith doesn't isn't the message that we um have a living god right so shouldn't there be something progressing and i have to be careful with the words because there's there was this like big slam on this thing called the emergent church right oh, that's the emergent oh. church and the emergent church is bad 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 and i'm like okay all right and so i don't want to use that word i won't use it i'm not i'm not i haven't built up my own little empire of anything so i'm not beholden to anything like emergent church or progressive or anything I'm not in any camp right now so i'm 12 minutes in i'm going to try to switch switch to the um, traditional way of doing things. So we'll see if that works or not. So okay, now I just switched, switched over to the headset recording. Headset, or I guess what do you call this? Uh, like we said, ear pods. So I had a little bit of a issue there because I tried to save the first 12 minutes. So I'm hoping they're in there somewhere and I can just flow from one to the other so I had a couple minute pause there of trying to switch over and dang it because of technology the train of thought was a little bit off right train of thought and I think I was talking about organized religion and control yeah I was talking about Luther so like we it, it, it's a new Luther time. So I, I guess I have to own that. I'm going to have to own this. It's new Luther. It's, uh, we've had 500 years of Reformation, and I'm going to own the next 500 years of transformation. And what I mean by own it, it's like that's really what we need is personal transformation. And I think people get it. It's like, I mean, even this Namibia lady that's in Germany kind of explained some of her story how she gets triggered. So, I mean, I told her, like, hey, listen to the Triggered podcast. And so people have been triggered for many years and they have nowhere to go. <laughs> because it's like the dudes, the dudes, with a little d, not, not Jesus, the capital D, little dudes, pastors. It's like, it's us human nature. It's like we want to be important, ego, right? And uh, and I'm kind of hesitating myself because I think, I mean, in a way, I'm I have just as much ego probably as anybody else, right? I don't know. Where I'm, I'm probably low. Maybe I don't know. who know? I'm in the distribution curve somewhere. Something I don't want to think about, right? Because I guess in general I'm kind of embarrassed. Like I'm not really owning it. Like that's that's one of the things holding me back. My limiting beliefs that. Um, I can't own this thing. 
But I can. I am. I'm going to own it. Let's go. Let's go. 500 years. The next 500 years. I won't be around for all 500. Well, actually, I will. I'm going to watch. <laughs> it's like, just like Martin Luther is watching. His, uh, he's up in heaven watching. He's like, dude, you got to move on, man. Black robes, white collars, lighting candles. You guys can move on now. We know more. The earth is not flat, right? So that's only a, we we take all these discoveries for granted. Like, oh yeah, we always knew the world was round and blue origin, right? Blue origin, blue moon, blue earth. And until we got to space, outer space, we probably didn't know that this was a blue planet. Because it's again, it's perspective, right? You get. You don't really know this is the blue planet origin until you get out in space and look back at the Earth and go, yeah, dang, what's the predominant color of this place? Blue, right? So I'm walking in the desert. My predominant color to me would be like brown. It's like this is a brown planet. Or if you're in a tree-infested area, Germany, Colorado, somewhere, a lot of trees around, you might think this is a green planet. But you can't really tell what the frickin' planet looks like. Hey, I just, just, I just thought of that. Isn't that amazing? You know? The so what is, the so what is just brainstorm. You come up with amazing stuff. Like, why is it, why do we consider this a blue planet? It's only because we got out in space and looked at it. <laughs> and, and now it's just a given. Like, of course the Earth is a blue planet. Of course, this is a blue planet, but you don't know that until you get out there. Wow, deep thoughts, right, folks? Deep thoughts, bud. Thanks, bud. You inspired some another another set of deep thoughts <laughs> on this um, stream of consciousness podcast. And uh, so the controller, so the Rob Bell podcast I listened to, the the hymn for the curve, talks about the dominant group. And how when you're pushing new areas, new ideas, a better way of doing things, that the, the people in power, the people in the dominant thinking are against change. It's like, hey, I, I don't know. Uh, we're running a blockbuster video store here, folks. And uh, no, I, I don't like Netflix. Uh, no, Netflix is evil, right? I, I, I'm the store manager of of this blockbuster video store. I can't change. We, we can't. Uh, no, no. I want people to drive to the store and rent a DVD and bring it back to their machine so they can play the movie. I don't want them just to stream a movie. So the dominant group at one time were all these blockbuster executives and blockbuster videos like... No, we. I, I'm the, you know, the Western Regional Blockbuster Video um, Store Expander. You know, we only have a thousand blockbusters. We're gonna go to two thousand blockbusters so that we can, you know, get DVDs everywhere so people can rent the movies because there's a cash flow, there's a money that we're invested. And I've been at Blackbuster since the beginning, and I got shares in the company, and so I want this company to go for This is my retirement, man. Blockbuster Video Store Manager, number one. So there's people with incentives against Netflix, the change, the new technology, something new. And uh, same in the church. It just doesn't get identified. No one's naming it. I mean, Rob Bell kind of names it, but he indirectly names it because he just says, he's just talking in general. He's talking blockbuster video. He's talking church. And uh, he probably hasn't really talked blockbuster video because that's a case where you can clearly see that everybody was like, no, we don't, I don't want to drive to the stinking strip mall, get a DVD and then get late charges, right? People talk about that for not returning the DVD. Now you just eh, stream it. Netflix, Amazon Prime, the dudes. 
and uh, I'm out by the wall right now, the freeway wall. And uh, how we do it, bud? Let's, 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 let me make sure I don't walk too far this time. It is light out, not dark, so I'll probably see the signs of where to turn soon. So, um, the dominant thinking, I'm going against the dominant thinking. And I probably should realize that there's a lot of people willing to go against the dominant thinking. So most of my life, it's like, well, there is no perfect church, you know, and that's a true thing. And, um, because they all probably suffer from the same blockbuster video mindset. And, uh, I'm not trying to start start a new church at all cuz uh, there is that's that's reformation thinking. Reformation thinking is wait, we I I got a better idea of doing this. So reformation thinking is we we just got to get you know our group together. You know, we we are the ones that have it figured out. You know, and see and yet it's just repeating the same pattern of, of splitting off things and if only we, you know, just think if we split off and did this and if we, oh, we've got the better way, you know. So the Reformation thinking has been going on for 500 years. So I guess I'm naming this. I'm just naming it transformation, personal transformation. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you are a hero, of course. We've established that. Doesn't that feel good? Just say, I'm a hero. Yes. I'm a hero. You're a hero. <laughs> and then next thing is we have to transform and get better. We can get better. And you're not going to get it by listening to some dude or watching, as I like to say, watching somebody else work out. Come on, bud. So if you walk, oh, what do you got? You got a limper, bud? Did you step on something? Oh, I got I to gotta rescue bud's paw. Which one is it, bud? can't tell which which pause it oh there it is okay we got a little stone there we go oh bud got a little stone in his paw so that causes him to miss his gait his walking gait such so a shout out to the dog lovers out there i never would have experienced that if i didn't walk bud he's a little dog he's cute 10 kilo Almost exactly 10 kilo, which is 22 pounds. He's a metric dog, but that's what you expect from a German miniature schnauzer, a schnauzer, and poodle mix. So yeah, it's about transformation. So you listen. You in transformation takes time. It's like writing a book, right? Writing a book takes time, marinating. Our own personal transformation takes time there's a little dog behind a fence barking at us once again the dogs are jealous of bud because bud has an owner that just walks him regularly (laughs) so all the other doggies are jealous bud jealous of you bud that's why they're behind the fence barking and now they can't see you because they're those dogs are not following the the witty Whiffham principle. You know, they're supposed to just like, hey, who cares if Bud's out there getting walked? You're in a you're in a cage. You're you're in a in the gated the behind the fence. So enjoy it, man. Enjoy being behind the, the fence. And uh, so transformation. And, and and the sad thing about transformation is you you're probably making prog you've probably made a lot of progress in your own personal transformation, but it is like that Gaussian curve where it just goes on forever, and we know we'll never be fully transformed. And the uh, we're just not going to be there. We're on progress, and there's people at different points on the curve 
So instead of black and whiting everything, like, oh, you're, you just are not woke. You're just not woke enough. You know, like, if you, as soon as you get to the woke stage and you're, you're in the group, you're in the in woke group. And it's like, nah, this group thinking again, God doesn't deal with us as groups of people, denominations. He doesn't deal with groups. He deals with you, the listener, the hero. Each one of us he deals with. And by dealing with it, it's like he... It's not that complicated. We're not... We don't have to run around like, does this please you, Lord? Does this please you, God? Does this please you? It's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm walking my dog. I'm sharing from my heart to people out there in the the world, the blue planet that we didn't know was blue for about I don't know when we, I don't know when we figured out when the earth was blue. It's kind of interesting. Did you get into the stone or something, bud? You're holding up your leg. You step on something? Let's see. Holding up that paw. Yeah, you, sure enough, you're getting getting little little things in your paw there, bud. That's not good. All right, so we're good to go now. Um, so yeah, when did the, when did we figure out that the earth was blue? I don't know. You guys want to Google it? You can Google it. I'm going to Google it later, if I think about it, if I remember it. When did we figure out that the earth is a blue planet? You know? Morning. Morning. So, transformation. It's a process, a lifelong process. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm shaking free of this us and them mentality. I'm trying to. It's hard. It's like when you, there's so many people in the us and them camps that when you when you recognize that, man, we got way too much us and them going on. Um, and you're like, hey, I, I'm in a I'm in a transformative transformative state of maybe the us and them thing isn't that good. But the the people in the us and them camps don't get it. They're still hanging on to their us and them for security probably reasons. And really it's the dominant thinking group, right? So you you get in your dominant thinking group. It's hard to be free. It's hard to you know, freedom, getting out of the bucket, that crab mentality I was talking about. The buckets, the crabs have a natural human tendency of pulling people back in the bucket you know this is our dominant this is our bucket this is the dominant way stay in the bucket don't get out and they punish people for trying to get out they grab them they grab the crabs trying to get out of the bucket and i shouldn't assume people have heard that before but that's the crab mentality you can google it you can look it up it's interesting it's just a a, uh, biological characteristic of crabs someone noticed it more dogs in the backyard more jealous dogs you're so jealous dog the other dog next to you he's not jealous he's not barking yeah hi doggy so um transformation it's very important the now what so we got the so what that uh we can have peace with others if we transform ourselves. Not as I've done most, and most of us do this, try to transform other people to be like us. That just is not gonna work. So I have to transform myself. So that's what I'll do. I'll listen to some music and clean the garage. You know, really spiritually significant things. And that is that was sarcastic a bit because it is it is spiritually significant to clean the garage i it's not my thing i don't like doing it but my wife asked me so like the first time in like many many years or ever <laughs> true confessions first time ever i'm like oh okay she asked me to do that i don't really like to do it i can make a gazillion excuses not to do it because i'm like the master of excuses 
and uh, and that, and that's dangerous, right? Says, you don't want your you don't want to be an outlier on making good excuses. Although, I do love my English one, my English lady, that said, under pressure at a business meeting, it's like you know. So what? Why? Are we, how did, what? Why did we do? Why are we doing this? You know, how did we get in this bad situation right now? And the manager stands up. She says, you know, I love this one. And I had to practice it a long time. And it's well worth practicing. And I, I challenge you, the now what? One of the challenges of the now what is to figure out how to use this excuse. Because the English are masters. I, I mean, there's a lot of things not to like, like about the English. But this, the, the, the verbal excuse-making saying clever phrases they're like top notch top notch so here it is so the you're getting there's something didn't go wrong you're you're in a relationship and someone's asking you like why why how did well how did this happen what why did you do that like why did you spend money on this or what why 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 you know and it was like something that happened like six months ago and the perfect english response is well that decision was made based on the best information available at that time (laughs) so practice that one that takes a little while to get that baby to roll off your tongue that decision was made or taken because like the british do like to say that the decision wasn't made it's actually we take the decision different verb right making and taking so for some reason i don't know what the history is but the english love to take decisions and it's probably a great concept that i should probably explore further but i just really don't care right now (laughs) but the the phrase is still the same it's classic it's so diffusing of the tension right so basically the english are masters at doing that as well just if there's an, a group meeting or some kind of meeting and there's some tension in the room and someone sense, senses there's tension, this is a diffusing statement. It's, it's like they must have a book of like, these are the best diffusive meeting statements, you know? So you just say, I made that decision based on the best information available at the time. Is that beautiful? Like, just as you deep dive into it, it's just such a beautiful statement. And the best information, it's just like, hey man, I'm not deficient in any means. I'm still a superstar. I'm always a superstar. I'm the hero here, okay? It's like taking your hero position back from the criticism, right? So you're getting criticized. A guy's trying to be a hero for uh, criticizing you and instead you just kind of take your hero position back by saying hey I made that decision based on the best information available at the time (laughs) and I heard that I literally heard that and I was like wow that that is an awesome response because you maintain your hero status you're still the stud and the only difference is, is, it's like, hey, man, if I had better information, I would have made, probably would have made a better, di- you know, different decision. But it was six months ago. So, you know, and unfortunately, uh, I'm diverting into a little bit of politics here, mostly for an example. Okay, so don't, don't get too defensive if you don't agree with me. Well, I mean, I'm not really making a political statement. I'm just saying you could have made this response on the Benghazi thing from Hillary. Instead of her saying, what difference does it make now? Right? And if she had better English excuse training, she could have just stood there in Congress and just kept repeating, hey, man, that was... That decision was made based on the best information available at the time. Full stop, as the English say. Full stop, as the English say. That's like, that's like period, like Americans say. 
Um, period. But isn't full stop? Isn't that sound? Isn't that sound like more sophisticated and a more well thought out um, statement? Full stop. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Again, it's that act. Um, putting the punctuation point on your statement. So what? So what? You're learning some fine tuning of the English slash American language, right? Now what? <laughs> Start using it. Use, use, the, use the excuse. I love that one. That information or that decision was made or taken. Take your pick. Google it. That decision was taken based on the best information available at the time. You have to take a deep breath before you let that out. You got to, you got to, because you're going to, you're going to unload this phrase that's going to roll off your tongue so quickly that you're just going to stun the, uh, the listener. The listener is going to be stunned. They're going to be like, what, 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 what did I just hear? What, what was that? Oh, that, oh, that decision was made based on the best information available at the time. Okay. Oh, okay. No problem then. Let's move on. <laughs> but I, I can't move on. I didn't do this, but my thought to this is like, well, why didn't you get better information? Whoa, oh, 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 that's not part of the English manual. That, that's uh, the English excuse manual doesn't probably doesn't have that subroutine in it. Because really, the best, like, you know, the only response really to that. If you want to keep attacking the person, is to say, "Well, why didn't you get better information?" <laughs> and they and they said, "But but you can't get better information because I I told you it was the best information available at the time." Oh, oh, you did trump me with that. You trumped me with that excuse. You trumped me. So you're right. You couldn't, if you had the best information available at the time, you couldn't get better. So the questioner in the case is wrong. You can't, she just told you. She just told you that she had, it was based on the best information available at the time. So you can't possibly get better information at the time so what's so I can my my little smart ass remark isn't any good now I just realized it I just realized I'm so humble that I realize this now so I'm wrong you can't you can't come back with why didn't you get better information because because uh they just told you it was the best. So now my brain came up with a better response, a better response to the best response, which can't be better, right? I don't know if I followed that myself. But um, what, what I would have to say is, well, that's, that's interesting. I understand that. But perhaps, is it possible that the better information was actually the correct information and that the the best information at the time wasn't actually the best information something like that and i because you know these are english people they're sticklers for words and they probably find us americans insufferable because we just don't we just don't go along with their little phraseology of stuff Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. So we're, we're nearing the uh, end of the, the, the walk here. We got a, still out on the main road. Morning. And uh, so here we are with Bud. There's some other walkers out, baby carriage, cars. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do some uh, choring. Choring? So clean that garage out. I'm going to go do that first thing. Well, maybe I'll have some cereal first. I'm a little bit hungry. Some cereal. 
And I, I read Philippians 3 today. I mean, yesterday was Philippians 2. And, and honestly, Philippians 2 is a hilarious um, where's Paul editor question. <laughs> I mentioned that the other day. Where's Paul's editor? You know, because he, he was praising Timothy about how great he was and that there's no one else like Timothy. No one. No one like Timothy. Praising Timothy up and down. And then everybody else. Everybody else. There's no one else. Everybody, everybody else looks after their own personal interests, folks. You know? Only Timothy. Only Timothy is the guy. He's the only one that's going to care about you. And then verse 25 of chapter 2. But I'm sending Epaphroditus. <laughs> And I've never heard a sermon on this, but I'm just giving it for the first time. Now, has anyone given this before? There might have been Lucky Luke in France and Grenoble or something that gave that sermon in 1430. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter if he did or not. Because I'm doing it today. And Paul... Paul needed an editor there because that Epaphrodites dude, he's got to be pissed off. I mean, Paul's just saying everybody else is looking out for their own interests. So he drops Epaphroditus right in the right into it. And then I I mean I, I sense that Paul had some kind of notion that that maybe wasn't a great thing to do. So it looks like the next couple of verses, he kind of walked it back, as we say in politics. You know, he, Paul made a statement like, basically, Epaphroditus is just a, a selfish clown. And uh, he walks it back by um, then, then praising Epaphroditus. But he never goes to the point of saying, oh, well, yeah, so I just told you, Timothy is the only one that, you know, won't be looking out for his own interests. And uh, I just told you that he's the only guy. And now and I can't send him, so I'm sending Epaphroditus. So, yeah, um, he actually, it's not just Timothy. You know, Epaphroditus is pretty good, too. He's, he's pretty good. Okay. That's all I got to send you is Epaphroditus. That's all I got. So, yeah, he's, he's good, too. So, yeah, that's not really a great, a great message for 2,000 years. So right now, Epaphroditus should be looking for Paul right now and, and give him a little bit of elbow and say, Hey, man, for 2,000 years, I had to live up. I had to live with this stinking implication. The implied message is that all I care about is myself. You know? Well... Paul, could you get an editor? Could you have just like edited that? It's like, now Paul can answer. It's like, well, I didn't have a MacBook Pro. I didn't have a MacBook Pro at the time just to like reword that thing. I'm just writing it on paper. I'm just writing it on papyrus or something. Give me a break, Epaphroditus. It's not that big a deal. Nobody's going to notice it. You know, in 2,000 years, nobody's going to notice that, are they? Are they? <laughs> so, so hopefully in heaven, there's a lot of people like cheering us on for seeing the, the stuff that's been there the whole time, as Rob Bell does. He likes, his, he likes his phrase, the whole time. It's been there the whole time. So one of my things is I don't like to copy People, I, I, I probably do copy some people, but I'm not trying. I don't like it. And I don't want to be called out. Like, it's a fear. It's like, I don't want to be called out for, like, copying somebody. So, anyways, it's been there the whole time is a typical Rob Bell expression. And it applies here. So, I'm giving the dude credit. He doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so... Whatever, but if you happen to be a Rob Bell listener, 
I'm influenced. I'm in, I'm under the influence of the phrase the whole time. So there you go. So uh, we're uh, getting ready to do some morning, maybe some fence painting, wall painting in the neighborhood. A couple minutes from the end. Now what? Now what? So read. Read with a fresh mind. Read with a concept that it's real people writing this stuff. Especially, it's easy for you writers. It's just a little shift in your framework. It's like, do we really believe these guys sweated over it? I have a feeling the guy just wrote this stuff. And it's almost like a Star Trek episode we're in. Where Kirk and everybody, like... Maybe we need some aliens to arrive here and go, what, you're looking at that book? Like, that's the book? The guy just wrote a letter. And you're trying to manipulate and control and keep everybody in their buckets with that book? Look, we're aliens, man. We just flew in here from, like, galaxies and light years away, man. And I can tell you that we've seen a lot more than you have. You guys didn't even know the planet was frickin' blue. We knew this planet was blue for a thousand years already. We could see it with our massive telescopes like light years away. That's why we came here, dudes. I don't know if the aliens are going to come. I don't know. Are they the aliens? We're, de- we're definitely going to have an us and them mentality. So, yeah, yeah. What a beautiful planet we're on. Blue. Blue origin. So now what? Now what? So go read. Enjoy. And not just read, you know. Look at your kids and go, what an amazing kid. What are four kids? I got one listener with four kids. So, and I, I probably have a thousand other listeners with uh, one, two, three, or four, or eight kids, right? I mean, this, is, this, this podcast is so popular for you're not in a room by yourself, man. <laughs> you're in the room, not with me, you're in the room. I'm just the guide to the guy. You're in a room with the actual guide. Smile, say hello to the guide, have a laugh. And I give you a challenge to think of some thought, something that you think Jesus would laugh about. So for me, it's my latest one is, when are you getting your hair cut? <laughs> Jesus, when are you getting your hair cut? Because it's it's two thousand. You haven't have you had a haircut in the last two thousand years? I don't know. I mean, you waiting for you waiting for the Mukarab here to ask you. You're just waiting for us to ask you when you're going to get a haircut. And uh, so, yeah, think of stuff that is uh, that would get a laugh from Jesus. I mean, he, he's he's probably not getting enough opportunity to laugh so we sing all these great songs and we do all this orchestration and we think that he's uh, pleased by that he might be, he probably is because everybody's on a journey they're somewhere on the curve, the Gaussian curve but when you can start coming up with stuff that you think Jesus would laugh about and the Holy Spirit of course they're all together God, the Father's probably laughing too He's like, yeah, somebody, somebody's finally getting it. And he's like, no, what about that other dude? He got it too many years ago. Yeah, yeah, but not quite the same way. Like, who made that guy? Oh, we did. (laughs) We did. We made him. That's his calling. His calling is to uh, point out what's been there the whole time, right? To help. I'm just another another prophet the rob bell the prophet the whole time he's been a prophet the whole time as he he's probably like surfing right now he likes to surf and uh yeah you know i'm at as peter rowlings would say i'm back at my heist i'm back at my heist this is my heist i got a nice heist this is a nice heist 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 and the shout out to the Namibia German learner. The only reason I could figure out what he meant by heist was I 
kept thinking of the German word hot, heist. This is heist. This is the heist, heist, heist. And I keep hearing this Irish guy talking about, you got to have a big heist, a big heist, heist. I'm like, what, what is this guy talking about? And then I realize it's, it's house. Oh, oh, house. House. Not heist. Not heist, heist. So there you go, folks. We got the heist. And by the way, I'm putting chlorine tabs. That noise in the background is the all-important chlorine tabs to make sure you don't have algae growing in your pool. And that's not, the water temp's about 70 degrees. Talking about taking cold showers, some people recommend that. Maybe I'll just jump in the pool. It's my cold shower at 70 degrees, wake me up. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you all feel sorry for me for having a swimming pool. But, uh, Having a pool is, is not like, it's not, uh, doesn't satisfy, right? So that's what satisfies is what Paul talked about in Philippians 3 is the surpassing greatness of understanding God, Jesus, the whole, the mystery. It's a mystery, folks. You're in on the mystery. You're in on the joke, as Rob would say. It's been there the whole time. And uh, I'm washing off the chlorine tablets off my hands. Just, you know, so you know. The so what of that is just like, this is so what means you're just walking in the spirit all day long. You can do it. You can do it. You just start out. You just start doing it. And, uh, some people may think you're weird. And if they do, just tell them to listen to the podcast, right? Listen to your podcast because you're the hero. You're the hero. And you have a really amazing guide that's just waiting for you to show up. The amazing guide is just waiting for you to go. Okay, I'm ready. Guide me. Give me some guidance here. And they'll say, yeah, go lift. Do five sets of five on that bench. You know, there's your guide. All right, grace and peace. And I hope you got some so what out of this. And I hope you have a now what. So the now what is keep going, keep transforming. We all have this. Do we all have it? Do I have it? We got it. We got this, right? We got it. All right. Grace, peace, and mercy. Amen.